So we're at the end of the first parak of Rosh Hashanah, where the Mishnah tells us, among other things, what the psulim of Eidus are. We've gone to a lot of length to describe how far the, the, the Halach is willing to stretch to enable Eidim to come, because so much is dependent on physically seeing the moon. We talked yesterday about the, the importance. Hi, Sean missed you yesterday. Um, nice. We, um, the, 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 so much is dependent on physically seeing the the moon, that we we do everything to make it possible for Adim to come. Uh, we even allow certain Adim that we normally wouldn't allow. Uh, but still there are certain who are, that are psulim, and the, the Mishnah lists them. Among them is the Masachek Bekubia, the gambler. Um, and that, it, it, this is a parallel sugya with, to, to a sugya in Sanhedrin, where all the laws of Adis, all the laws of evidence are discussed. Um, and and Tosfus references Sanhedrin which is where the parallel sugya is. You remember Tosfus sees Shas holistically, unlike Rashi and people like Rabbi Nechananel who focus on the daf in front of us. Tosfus sees it as one system, and that's why you need both. You need Rashi and Tosfus. To learn without Tosfus is learning without a systemic approach. To learn without Rashi is learning without focus. So you need them both all the time. Um, and I was going to go into this whole thing of Masachik Bekuvia and the difficult piece of Shulchan Aruch and Asma, which I've brought at the bottom just for future reference, but the real Matmon lies in a few lines of Tur and Rashi. And the Rashi is actually on Sanhedrin, where the, the Mishnah in Sanhedrin says, um, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says that the... the, the so the Mishnah in Sanhedrin adds a statement of Rabbi Yehuda that a gambler is forbidden if that's his only source of income. But if they have another source of income, they're kasher. And the Shulchan Aruch talks about that and, and, and as to how and why that is. The Gemara then says, What's wrong with a gambler? What's so terrible about a person who has a bit of fun gambling? So as you know, the one reason is asmachta, that the other person doesn't willingly let go of his money. Oh, Yirmiya. Good morning. Um, and Shalom Aleichem. The uh, other person doesn't willingly let go. And you know in, in Hilchus Kinyonim, the important part of a Kinyon is the Gemirut Dat of the Makne. The person giving away the article, selling the article, whatever it is, needs to have gemirut dat. He needs to be serious about his willingness to let go of it so that the new person can take ownership. But if there's any reason to think that the, the person selling or giving it doesn't have gemirut dat, then the Kenyan is, is suspect. And in the case of gambling, the person who loses would never have agreed to giving his money if he knew he was going to lose. The only reason he played is because he was hoping to win. So there's a, there's a, a, a gap in the gemirutat. It's not full release. It's not without resentment that he gives it away. And therefore it's called asmachta and midrabonen. That's a kind of gezel. It's midrabonen. It's a kind, the rabbi is regarded as a kind of a theft. You're taking something from somebody else that he hasn't willingly given you. Rav Sheshitamakoki, hi. That's the deal. Before you start gambling, you know you might win, you might lose. That's not nasmachta. The problem is a gambler adds no value to the world. That's the problem. And then the Gemara goes into that.
says the, the two. Now, the two we've talked about often, the two, but, but it's important to appreciate the full genius of the two. The two doesn't get fair recognition. Everybody talks about the Shulchan Aruch, as if the Shulchan Aruch innovated the whole structure of Halacha. He didn't. He followed on the two. Uh, the two created the stru- structure. The two created the system. The two innovated, did something which had not been done at all uh, until his time. Um, the two created a war- work of halacha that was totally unique. Not only in that it was structured around the four, it's called the Arba Turim, the four columns of Shulchan Aruch, Arachayim, Kashin Mishpat, Arachayim, Kashin Mishpat, not only those, that, but what's important is that unlike the Rambam, he brings reasons for every psak. The, the, the difficulty that people had with the Rambam is he just tells you as it is and says, don't even worry about looking up the Gemara. Just take it from me. This is how it is. And, and, the, and the problem with the Rambam is it's so brilliant that he's kind of right. You, you read the Rambam and that's how it is. So, and, and he wanted him to make sure because people weren't learning Gemara. He was afraid that Gemara would get lost. That at least the Halach is clear. That's how the Rambam does it. But we've talked before about the difference in, in approach between the, the Ashkenazi, the European approach of the Balei Tosfis, and the approach from which we come, and the uh, Sfardi approach, which was more Rambam and Rif, uh, where in the, in the European approach, it's more about the reasoning. How did you get there? What's important is the reasoning, not the bottom line. We'll figure the bottom line out ourselves. We can do that. What we need to learn is the methodology. So European learning was all about method, and Sfardi learning at that time... I don't want to generalize my all of Sfadi because there are lots of different, different Sfadi streams of thinking. But the Rambam and the Rif were, were really not so much about method as about get to the essence of what it is and, and, and record that. The Tur firstly introduces reason. The Tur, before he writes the Tur, he comments on, he, he does a summary of his father's work, the Rosh. And you see how many of them did that. The Beis Yosef writes the Beis Yosef on the Tur before he writes the Shulchan Aruch. He writes the Magid Mishnah on the Rambam, before, the, the case of Mishnah on the Rambam, before he writes the Shulchan Aruch. We see that happening quite often. And so the, the Tur himself, the Rosh's son, writes a summary of his father's work, the Kitsu Piskei HaRosh, which we still have, which is the, written by the Tur, and then he writes the Tur. In the Tur he brings the reasons for every halacha. And not only, he brings the reasons and he brings the sources. And not only that, but he brings the different streams of thinking. So he brings together the, uh, the Rif and the Rambam uh, and the Ramban, and he brings, on the other hand, all the Balei Tosfus. And the, and the, so he's the first one who integrates the, East, the, the Sfardi and the Ashkenazi tradition and brings it all together into one debate. So he, that's the first time we actually have one forum of discussion between the European system and the North African and Spanish system. They all come together in the two. That's part of the brilliance of the Tur, of what the Tur did, which was just so unbelievably innovative. You would think that a person like the Tur didn't have much difficulty finding a job as a rabbi, but he never took a job as a rabbi, and he writes to his father, there's, there's a Shiloh that, that the Tur quotes himself, where he wrote to his father to say, am I poor enough not to have to spend money on Shabbos? I don't have money for Shabbos. Do I qualify as somebody who doesn't have? That's how poor he was, and, but would never, would never become engrossed in the, in, in the life of what it is to be a paid official of a shul, of a community. He retained his independence and he focused on his work, which was, which was the two. So the two writes here, 
בסחים בקוביה פסולים, ולאו דווקא בקוביה, אלא אפילו בכל מיני שחוק, any form of gambling, it doesn't have to be dice, אפילו בקליפי רימונים, even בגוזים, even if you're using nuts, ודווקא כשאין לו אומנות אחרת אלא הוא, only if you don't have another source of income, as רבי יהודה says in Sanhedrin, והטעם, and here the, the tour brings the reason, so here you start seeing the innovation, nobody else does this in halacha until the time of the tour, מפני שאז אינו מתעסק בישובה של עולם, because then he's not adding value to the world, okay, that the, the Mishnah says itself, we have that, we have that already in the, in the Mishnah, but now he adds, לידה כמה תורך האדם אחר הממון. Somebody who's not involved in the economy doesn't know how hard it is to earn money. ונקל בעיניו להעיד שקל להפסיד ממון חברו. And it's easy for him to give false evidence to cause a loss to his friend. Doesn't matter, so you lose, you'll make it up again. If you don't know how much toil and labor goes into every dollar that a person makes, and yes, you talk about nowadays people are able to make huge amounts of money relatively quickly, but, but even those people, these, these startups, they worked unbelievably hard. One, one doesn't realize, one doesn't remember the years that they... They lived with nothing, and they worked day and night, and they brought their beds into their offices so that they could just nap, and they worked through the night for years, some of them, before it eventually takes off. And many times it doesn't take off. We only hear of the, uh, of the winds. So many of them don't make it and don't manage, and they try again and again and again. So one mustn't, one mustn't underestimate how much effort goes into, into earning a living. And without that, we're worried that people will be too... Too, will be, find it too easy to cause loss to somebody else because they don't value what it is to make a living. That's why, as long as he's got another business, the, it's not the fact of gambling. You want to gamble to entertain yourself, because on today, enjoy yourself, go ahead. As long as you're also in business, you're also doing something meaningful. And Rashi adds something to this. Who says Rashi in Sanhedrin? They don't understand the economy. They don't understand how money works. And therefore, they're not from, they don't have Yiras Chet. What does that got to do with it? Where is this Rashi? It's unbelievable. Because Rashi is saying the place you get Yiras Chet from is the marketplace. You don't get Yiras Chet less sitting in Yeshiva. You get Yirat Shamayim sitting in Yeshiva. There's a difference between Yirat Chet and Yirat Shamayim. Yirat Shamayim is you've got awe of, of the Rebbeinu Shalom. Yirat Chet is you're afraid of putting a foot wrong. That you get in business. In Yeshiva, what happens if you put a foot wrong? Nothing. In Kailal, what happens if you put a foot wrong? Nothing. In business, what happens if you put a foot wrong? You're in trouble. So it's in business, in, in the professions, in being involved in the economy that you realize what Yiras Chet is, what a Rashi. That's the training, that's where you develop that characteristic, is there. And so we have to understand that the earning a living is not just for the sake of earning a living. The Rebbe could have given us a living miraculously, like he did in the Midbar and like he did in Gan Eden. But since the Chet of Adam Arishon, that's not the way Hashem wanted us to do it. He wanted us to work. He wanted us to be involved in an economy. Being involved in, an, in the economy is in itself an Avoidah. It's not as if when we finish learning in the morning and we daven, we put an artfilin, and now we go to work, kind of our, 
Avoid is over, now we're going to work, and maybe we'll come back for Mincha and even Avoid. It's Avoid all the time, which is why you don't have to make another Birkas HaTorah when you start learning again in the evening. Because we hold that you're involved in Torah all the time. If you're in business, you're thinking all the time, what's Mutter, what's Osur, what can I do, what can't I do? Your mind's in Torah all the time, if you're involved in, 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 in business. And not only that, according to, the, according to Rashi and, Beis and, and the two. The, uh, not only are you involved in, 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 in Avodah Hashem, but you're developing Yiras Chet. That's what one, one is doing. I had a woman called me last night about a particular Shidduch, and I asked what kind of a boy they were, she was looking for for her daughter. And she, I said, you want somebody who's going to be learning full time? She said, no, we understand they might have to go out to, uh, and work, but I want somebody who, if we gave him a million dollars, wouldn't think of going to work. I said, then, you know, that's the wrong boy for you. This boy will work even if he's got a million dollars. Maybe he'll work only two or three hours a day, but he will work because of this, because he understands a man grows through work. Women is a different story. We'll talk about that another time. A man grows and develops through work in a way that he can't grow and develop uh, in, in any other way, including sitting and learning all day. There's a need to be engaged in the economy. Because apart from anything, firstly, you understand the value of money and you understand what gezel is and you understand what integrity and honesty is. You, you learn that. You learn that in business. You understand what reputation is. You understand how easy it is to damage reputation. You understand the importance of adding value. The, um, and secondly, you develop yiraschet. You understand the importance of getting it right and not taking a false step because the consequences are, are severe. That you learn in, in, in business more than anything else. It's interesting that one of my clients is a gaming company. But one of the things that we did there at that gaming company is we taught them based on this, uh, this, this sugya, the idea that you've got to be Osik be Yeshiva Shalolam. This can't be your whole thing. You've got to be Osik be Yeshiva Shalolam. That means you've got to be adding value. So one of the things that, 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 that we've done there and that they're so careful about is to make sure that they find all sorts of ways to give the, the customer more value tangible and intangible than the money they lose. And if they see somebody's losing too much money, they actually cut their credit. They don't want people to lose too much money. They want to be sure that at all times people are gaining from the free freebies they give them and from the pleasure and the atmosphere. And they, There's a whole strategy that they've developed is to make sure that, and they test it all the time, do people feel they're getting more than they're losing? Because that's the condition of the whole, of the whole structure. And this this gaming organization has done amazingly well. They started, they were very poor people. It's an, African, it's an American Native, tri Native American tribe. And they started in a little hut where they had a bingo table. That's all they had. And they're now international. We've taken them international. They're global. Uh, and they still stick to these principles all the time testing. Are they giving more value than they're taking? And are they reinvesting that value in the community? Are they building hospitals? And are they building schools and universities and educating people, making sure that they're oisik b'yushuvu shalolom, that this isn't just about taking? And at times when every casino in Las Vegas was, was down, including during the corona period, they were doing magnificently well. And uh, for my 70th birthday, some, some of you remember that my family organized a Sefer Torah to be written for me. And they went to my Talmidim and my clients and invited them to participate. And this client was the most generous, almost the most generous of all contributors to the Sefer Torah. And I asked them why. I said, what, 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 what do you even, do you even know what a Sefer Torah is? What, why would you respond in that way? It wasn't a token response. It was a serious response. They said, look, we don't know exactly what a Sefer Torah is. <laughs> but we know that we've made a lot of money. And we know that you've been responsible for a lot of that. And we know that your knowledge comes from the Torah. So 
whatever this Torah is, we want to be part of it. But understanding the idea of you've got to add value, you've got to be Oisik, be Yeshiva Shalom. Each one of us, in every situation, must ask ourselves, am I adding value? Because we're always taking value. We're breathing air, we're eating, we're consuming, we're always consuming. What are we giving? What are, what are we putting out there? The, um, uh, the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe told somebody was going through a difficult time. Just measure yourself by how much you've planted, not how much you've reaped. What's important is how much you've planted. And one has to start thinking that way. Each day, how much have I planted today? What have I given out? What have I, what have I put into the world today? Not what have I taken. Because taken out is plenty. I've taken plenty. Every day, you don't have to do a cheshmer. You've taken plenty. What have I put into the world today? What have I put into the lives of my family? What have I put into the lives of my colleagues? What have I put into the lives of strangers that I met in the street? What have I planted? What, what have I put out? What energy have I put into the world? That's Oisek be Yeshuvu Shiloilam. And that's where we develop our character and our, our being. Thank you.